In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Glory be to God on high. your faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 20th Sunday after Trinity is recorded in the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me, here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. 
Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is recorded in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory be to Jesus said, Hear another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? They said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. 
I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus spoke this parable to the chief priests and the Pharisees. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, built a tower, and he leased it to the vine dressers and went into a far country. Now when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw their son, they said among themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him, and seize his inheritance. So they took him, cast him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? They said to him, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Most merciful God and Father, deliver us from impenitence and the rejection of the grace of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Grant us to fall upon him who is the stone of our salvation, that broken in contrition and repentance, we may despair of ourselves and cling only to him who is our life and salvation. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Jesus was the stone that the builders rejected. And he became the chief cornerstone of his church. The builders, spoken of in Psalm 118, and quoted by Jesus in the Gospel for today, were the chief priests, the Pharisees, and the elders of the people. And he told this parable against them, describing their impenitence and rejection of him and his mercy as the Christ, and also as a commentary on the history of Israel. Let's take the hardest passage first. This very last verse, whoever falls on this stone will be broken. To fall upon Jesus and to be broken, it describes the baptismal life. How we are called by God's word to what the catechism describes as daily contrition and repentance. We are called every day to fall upon Jesus with broken hearts, 
knowing that a broken and a contrite heart he will not despise, but he has forgiveness and mercy. Sometimes when we talk about repentance, we only talk about how the law points the accusing finger at us, condemns us, and shows us how we need to be punished for our sin according to the law. But that's only part of repentance. At the heart of repentance is faith. A faith that flees from self in the brokenness of contrition and repentance to the only source of salvation, Christ. He is the stone. He is the rock of our salvation. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Oh, come, let us worship the Lord, for he is the rock of our salvation. Because only he could die. Only he could bear the iniquity of the world. Only he could make atonement for sin. And so we fall upon him. And we are broken. And that is a blessed breaking of contrition and repentance. That we might cling to no one else but Christ. And that we especially might forsake ourselves. You see, this is at the heart of repentance. Not merely the acknowledgement of sin, but the fleeing from sin and all self-reliance to reliance upon Christ. But then there's the second half of the verse. On whomever this rock falls, it will grind him to powder. That speaks of the ultimate judgment. For those who have rejected the Lord's Christ and his mercy. What a devastating thing this is to hear. There is really only one thing that matters to God above all else, and that is what his son has done for you and for the salvation of the whole world. There is simply no greater sin than to reject Jesus. And so when the rock falls upon those who have rejected him, it grounds them to power. So what are we are to learn from this parable of Jesus? He spoke it to the chief priests and the elders of the people. And if you know the Old Testament history, even just a little bit, you know what he's talking about, don't you? The parable of the landowner, who is representative of God the Father, who planted a vineyard, and the vineyard was his Old Testament church, the children of Israel. And he set a hedge around it. He promised protection. And he dug a wine press in it where they would trample out the grapes as all of the prophets were to do as they would extol the word of God. And he leased it to vine dressers and went away into a far country. You know what vine dressers are supposed to do? Gather in the grapes from the vineyard, process the grapes, and of course the landowner is to receive a return. In this case, the return is very simply to be broken in contrition and repentance and to cling to Christ. But when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit, the fruit of a repentant heart. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. And he sent other servants more than the first, and he did likewise to them. Is that not true of what the Lord did in the Old Testament? He sent Moses to deliver them. 
and on the banks of the Red Sea. They wanted to hurl stones at him, saying it would be better for us to have died in Egypt than out here in the wilderness. Time and time again, they fell away from him, even as the patriarchs, the brothers of Joseph, in envy and hatred and self-righteousness and arrogant pharisaical pride, sold their brother into slavery, not willing to accept anything as a gift of God's mercy. And as we've read through the Old Testament in the congregation at prayer over our cycle of daily readings, we see it time and time and time again how could they be so foolish so as to reject the Lord's gift of salvation? And that's the tragedy of all. Here he sends the prophets to them to give them the gift of salvation, a gift they couldn't have earned, begged, borrowed, or stolen, and yet they, they reject it, preferring their own righteousness and making a God out of themselves. But this landowner is pretty bizarre, isn't he? Because he continues to send one servant after another. He is bizarre. God's grace is bizarre. His love is radical. It's unlike any kind of love that you or and I would experience in human relationships. This is a love that is so radical that he sends these prophets to his enemies who despise him because all he wants to do is to save them. But it gets even more strange and bizarre. Last of all, he sent his son to them, saying they will respect my son. Isn't that irrational? If they hadn't respected any one of the prophets, why would they ever respect the son? But he sent his son anyway for the salvation of the world. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, do you see the radical character of God's grace? this undeserved love and mercy, which is that which motivates everything that the Father does for us. God so loved the world. That's the grace of God that he gave his only begotten Son into a world of death and misery and darkness, into a world that considered him to be their enemy and hated him, but still he sends his Son. That is radical. And they didn't respect the Son. When the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir, come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What a radical thing God's grace is. How it confounds human reason. Completely and utterly, on the one hand, the act of the crucifixion of Jesus by the chief priests and the elders of the people was absolutely an act of utter wickedness. There was absolutely no good in it at all. And yet, wonder of wonders, out of that utter act of wickedness, satanic darkness, God would accomplish his greatest good, not only for the whole world's salvation, but even for those scribes and Pharisees and the chief priests and the elders of the people, if by the grace of God they would but repent of their sin and fall upon the rock and have their self-righteousness and pride broken in contrition and repentance. You see the radical character of God's grace? When I ask us, what are we to learn about 
being a Christian? What are we to learn about God from this parable? It is not merely that he judges those who have rejected his son and their ground to powder, which does speak about the last judgment. But even more, we are to see in all of the parables of Jesus the radical character of God's grace. For by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. What are we to learn for this today? There is always the danger for us as Christians when we hear Jesus speak about the Pharisees, the scribes, the chief priests. And when we see their self-righteousness and pride condemned, that we take on the words of the Pharisees ourselves. I thank God I'm not like those self-righteous chief priests who rejected the prophets and rejected Jesus, but do we not do this? when we hold on, not only to the sins of other people, but when we hold on to their less than stellar way of living or thinking, where they don't measure up the same as we do to what we think a good person should be. For us as Christians, to fall upon the rock of our salvation, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, means that every aspect of our life is conditioned by this grace of God, which we don't deserve, yet which he so freely gives, and for which he wants us to have great delight. Not only for ourselves as individual Christians, but for one another. How grieved I was this past week to learn of two blood brothers who are also brothers in Christ for whom I've had the deepest respect over the years as men who not only knew the gospel but confessed the gospel and were able to preach the gospel, be engaged in warfare with each other that even brings them into the civil courts for judgment. As St. Paul said in Corinthians, this ought not to be. What a tragedy. St. Paul speaks of Losing the salvation of the gospel of God's grace that one once preached. That's a warning for us in today's holy gospel for the 20th Sunday after Trinity. Every day of our lives as Christians is one of falling upon the rock of our salvation in contrition and repentance, and praying with the tax collector who came into the temple, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And the glory of the grace of God in the gospel that they rejected so many times in the Old Testament, and which our flesh is prone to resist every single day of our lives, is that God still loves this sinner, you, sinner, me, sinner, the whole lot of the world of sinners. And even though the Old Testament church, on a wholesale level, rejected the call to repentance. Even here, God worked good out of it as the word of the gospel went from the Old Testament church of Israel to all nations on the face of the earth. That whoever falls on this stone would be broken in the life-giving contrition and repentance 
that clings to Christ in his mercy. The Old Testament reading for today is an invitation to you and to me and to the whole church and to the whole world to receive something that only God can give by the merits of Jesus. In this wonderful expression, Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. How in the world can you buy something without money? Only when the ultimate price has been paid by the blood of Christ and his suffering and death, and the milk and the wine and the honey and the soothing drink is the only thing that can satisfy us. The deepest needs and yearnings of our hearts and that is the mercy and grace of our dear Lord Jesus. Not for me only, but for me, for you. And not for you only, but for you and for your brothers and sisters in the faith. And not for us only, but also for a world of darkness and unbelief. But we hear the gentle warning from the prophet Isaiah. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? and your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Oh, what sweet words. The picture of the soul of the Christian delighting in the gospel, delighting in Christ, delighting in his sacrifice for us, delighting in his mercy. That's why the prophet says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Where his word is, where absolution is spoken to the broken and contrite of heart, where his body and blood is offered to forgive sin and to bind us together in the love of Christ, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the wicked fall upon the rock and be broken. Let him return to the Lord, for he will have mercy. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. In conclusion today, I want you to hear these last words of Isaiah. In today's Old Testament, when he quotes the Lord, who says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Even in church prayers, those words are very often applied to things that we just can't understand. Like the sudden tragic death of a young father who leaves behind small children. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. And it, it would be a devastating tragedy and a cause for great sorrow and grief. And so a lot of times in the prayers, this passage is used to say, we just can't understand why God permitted this or allowed it. And while it is true that there are things that we cannot delve into in terms of the inscrutable will of God, this passage is actually talking about something else. My thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And what are these ways? But the ways of mercy and grace 
in the Son of God, our Savior, who died for his enemies, and who, without any contribution on our part, has redeemed us with his holy, precious blood and reconciled us to God and to one another. Well, we cannot fully grasp and understand this mystery either. But it is the heart of our faith to fix our eyes upon Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, whose love and grace is far greater than any love or grace or act of mercy that you or I could muster by any strength of our own. It is the miracle of God's love. And it teaches us to fall upon him who is the rock of our salvation and to live each day in the brokenness of contrition and repentance with a faith that is fixed singularly on Jesus, whose mercy endures forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and for all people in Christ Jesus. In addition to those prayers listed in the Congregation at Prayer for the Week, we also include John Bruss, who continues to be treated for uh, a slow heartbeat. And we remember one-time member of our congregation, Elsie Schultz, who is the mother of Anne Schumacher. Elsie suffered a stroke last evening. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God and Father, you desire all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Magnify the power of the gospel in the hearts of your church and your faithful people, that we may spread the good news of salvation and mercy in Christ to all who do not know your love. Protect, encourage, and bless all missionaries and pastors who proclaim the saving cross of Christ that Jesus, being lifted up, may draw all people to himself. Bless our own congregation and grant us the guidance of your word and spirit as we call an associate pastor and headmaster. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, before whom all in heaven and earth shall bow, grant courage that your children may confess your saving name in the face of any opposition from a world hostile to the gospel 
Help us in the face of persecution and suffering for your name to remember your faithful people who sacrificed much and even faced death rather than dishonor you when called upon to deny the faith. By your Holy Spirit, strengthen us to be faithful and to confess you boldly, knowing that you will confess your own before the Father in heaven. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty and most gracious God, we implore you to turn the hearts of all who have forsaken the faith once delivered to your church, especially those who have wandered or in doubt. Mercifully visit and restore them in gladness of heart, that they may take pleasure in your word and be made wise to salvation. Bless especially Kathy May and Brian Brendel celebrating baptismal birthdays this week, that they may be preserved in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for the gift of holy matrimony. Bless Mike and Angela Christofferson, Andrew and Jessica Alvarez, Brad and Jenny Larson with your holy word, that they may abide in Christ, the heavenly bridegroom, who offered his life to redeem his bride, the church, and make her beautiful. Call them to live in daily contrition and repentance as they seek to live with one another in the fear and love of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for all of those who are recovering from COVID-19 and give thanks to you for your healing and sustaining grace. Keep us ever mindful that every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And grant us also to know through faith in the suffering and death of your Son that you work in all things for our good and to give thanks. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, comfort all who are in distress. Your servants, Brett Arnold, friend of the traps, hospitalized with complications following kidney transplant surgery. Jim Nietzsche, as he recuperates from treatment for cancer. Jeremy LaFore in his ongoing battle with ALS. Louise Bollmeyer in her continued care for congestive heart failure. John Bruss, who continues to be treated for low heart rate and Elsie Schultz, who has suffered a stroke. Gabby Hartwig, receiving treatment for childhood cancer. Abru Yeba Amaso for breast cancer. James Loker for liver cancer. And Barb Weeding, undergoing tests for cancer. Assure them of your mercy. Deliver them from the temptations of the evil one. And give them patience <clears throat> and comfort during their illness. According to your will. Restore their health and strength, but above all, grant them your peace and the grace to accept their tribulation with courage and in the blessed hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All these petitions and whatever else you see that we need, grant us, dear Father, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying. trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>